your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 364 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And I'm actually recording this episode on Wednesday. We actually just posted an episode on Wednesday, and I'm basically just picking up right where I left off. This is going to be Thursday's episode. The earliest anyone will hear it is Thursday evening or maybe Thursday sometime during the day. But the reason I'm doing it this way, well, a couple of reasons. I've got some extra time right now, so it's just nice to work ahead. But also, I uh, just got my second vax today, and so I've heard that you know, eventually you can get some symptoms and it can slow you down a little bit. I'm still feeling pretty good right now, so I figure we might as well record. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling tomorrow. That's kind of a wild card. So might as well just get ahead of it and uh, do my thing right here, right now, and, and bring you guys the latest episode of Locked on New York Rangers. And what I wanted to do in today's episode, a couple of things. Uh, for starters, I wanted to go ahead and talk about at least one or two more restricted free agents that are impending for the New York Rangers. And we're going to start with Pavel Bushnevich. We will also get into whatever happened in Wednesday night's uh, postseason matchups between you've got the Islanders and the Penguins, you've got the Wild and the Knights, and you've got the Panthers and the Lightning. But I did want to dive back into free agent talk here because like I said, you know, what we've been doing over these last few episodes is just kind of doing deep dives on every impending restricted free agent for the New York Rangers. And the two biggest names left are Igor Shesterkin and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, you could maybe even throw Philip Hedl in there a little bit, but I think the two biggest names are definitely Igor and Pavel. And uh, don't get nervous here. When a team truly wants to keep its restricted free agents, it is generally a lock that they will be able to do so. Uh, we talked about some of the intricacies of restricted free agency in yesterday's episode. But as I said, the two biggest names that remain in restricted free agency for the Rangers are definitely, I would say, Igor Shesterkin and Pavel Buchnevich. And with that in mind, we're spreading out the restricted free agents anyway. We will talk about Pavel Buchnevich today. We will save Igor Shesterkin for another episode. And in addition to Buchnevich, we will get into at least one other uh, restricted free agent for the New York Rangers here in today's episode. But like I said, let's start with Pavel Buchnevich, former third round pick by the New York Rangers, going number 75 overall back in 2013. And he is coming off of a career season for the New York Rangers, skated in 54 of a possible 56 games, scored 20 goals, picked up 28 assists, and set a new career high with 48 points. This, of course, despite the fact that it was only a 56-game regular season, and Buchnevich, of course, skated in 54 of those games. He also posted a career best plus 12, picked up a career best, three shorthanded goals, uh, one shorthanded assist, put 120 shots on net, averaged a career best of 18 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time per night, dished out 49 hits, came up with 29 blocked shots, and whether you want to go with the stats or the eye test, it was a career year by pretty much every measurable statistic or any way you want to look at it for Pavel Buchnevich, uh, really developing to more of a complete player for the New York Rangers and uh, improving basically in every single facet of the game. And Buchnevich, it's funny, you know, over the years, and again, he just completed his fifth season with the New York Rangers, but he's a player that's kind of divided the fan base 
throughout his tenure with the New York Rangers. I think there's a certain amount of Ranger fans who believe that, you know, maybe he plays a bit too passive at times. And there was some truth to that up until this most recent season. And you guys know anybody that's listened to this podcast for any amount of time that overall, I'm definitely a Pavel Buchnevich fan. Uh, he especially won me over. I'm only half joking when I say this, but he especially won me over uh, when he cross-checked Brad Marchand in the back. What happened was uh, this was not this season that just concluded, but the one before. Marchand and Lindgren have always kind of had this one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of rivalry between the two of them. And Something happened after the play. I think Lindgren and I think it was Bergeron were just kind of pushing each other a little bit. Nothing too crazy. But Marchand, being Brad Marchand, cross-checks Lindgren from behind and knocks him to the ice. And Bushnevich stepped in there and cross-checked Brad Marchand in the back even harder and knocked him to the ice. So that was awesome. And uh, I think it tells you that certainly Pavel Bushnevich becoming a more assertive player uh, in these past couple of seasons than he was earlier in his Ranger tenure. But I think this past season was just kind of a, a little bit of a light bulb season for Pavel Buchnevich. He just turned 26 years old last month, and it's almost as if he's just now figuring out how good he can be in this league. He's somebody that in the past, and I suppose he doesn't have to worry about this anymore because obviously David Quinn is no longer the coach, but he found himself in David Quinn's doghouse a couple of times. Uh, he would be benched for, you know, just non-aggressive kind of play and just kind of being passive out there. Like I said, the inconsistency was really an issue for Buchnevich up until this most recent season. I thought Quinn was maybe a little bit too trigger happy when it came to benching Buchnevich, but there were a couple of times where, you know, maybe it was warranted either a bad penalty or, like I said, just kind of some passive play. But Buchnevich, once again, he's somebody that improved in all facets of the game this year, really stepped up defensively and also established himself as a key, key member of the Ranger penalty kill. The Ranger PK this past season finished number four in the league at 87%. The only teams with better penalty kills in the NHL were the Bruins, Knights, and Canes. And to me, that's just always a staple of a good team is having a really good penalty kill. And I checked this. I checked the stats to kind of see if I could prove that thesis or whatever you want to call it. But of the top 11 best penalty killing teams from this season, the one that just concluded, only two of them missed the playoffs. That was the Rangers and that was the Los Angeles Kings. And for the Rangers on the penalty kill, that was a big jump from the prior year when they finished 12th in the league at 83.5%. I don't remember the Rangers even having that good of a penalty kill the year before, but either way, still obviously a really nice jump for the Rangers. And obviously Pavel Buchnevich has a hand in that. And when the season was beginning this year, you know, some of the guys that we saw in the Ranger penalty kill felt very random. I think Pavel Buchnevich and Mika Zibanejad in particular, it's like, what? Buchnevich and Mika on the penalty kill? Okay, let's give it a shot, I guess. But it worked. You know, Buchnevich, uh, very strong on the penalty kill. Obviously, he plays on the power play as well. So someone who's become a very versatile, very valuable player for the New York Rangers. And it's funny because as recently as 2019-2020, when you looked at the Ranger top line, and Buchnevich has been on that top line for some time now, uh, but he was kind of considered the weak link on that top line, along with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. And for some fans, once again, as recently as 2019, 2020, I think it was kind of like, uh, come on, Buchnevich, you know, you're out there with two guys who are playing at the top of their game, who have great chemistry, who are producing points on a nightly basis, you need to do more. And then at the start of this season, it was basically the complete opposite. Kreider and Mika got off to extremely slow starts this season. Obviously, with Mika, we now know that it had quite a bit to do with COVID. He said as much at the end of the season. I think anybody with... Uh 
the ability to watch these games could probably figure that out as well. He just wasn't himself at the start of the season. And Buchnevich, though, you know, despite Kreider and Mika, his two line mates getting off to really slow starts, Buchnevich basically hit the ground running and was one of the only Ranger forwards producing offensively in the early goings. And of course, you know, Mika eventually caught up and Kreider's Kreider. I mean, he's streaky. He has his hot streaks and his cold streaks and that line eventually took flight. But Buchnevich was kind of the constant on that top line this season. And I think one of the best things that can be said about Buchnevich this past season is that he seems to have eliminated his streakiness. Maybe not completely. I mean, every player, they go through their ups and downs throughout the season. And Buchnevich, you know, there were a couple stretches here and there where maybe he wasn't doing a whole lot. But there weren't any more of these complete total disappearing acts, which is something that we did see in previous seasons with Pavel Buchnevich. In prior seasons, you know, Buchnevich would have six points in six games and then disappear for seven or nine games and be held completely off the score sheet, or at least close to completely off the score sheet. But I want to give you his career stats just to kind of illustrate the fact that Pavel Buchnevich is one of those players that just keeps getting better and better and better. And I always like those players, even if it's very gradual and it takes a while for a certain player to get to where you eventually want them to go, as long as they're getting better season after season... I don't really have any issues with that. And Pavel Buchnevich, former third-round pick. There's third-round picks that never even make it to the NHL. And, you know, he's certainly solidified his spot in the league, and he's not going anywhere. He's going to have a a pretty long career, it would seem. It's basically now just down to whether he's going to be a good player or a great player in this league. But 301 career regular season games for Pavel Buchnevich, 79 goals, 116 assists, so 195 points in his 301 games. His point per game total has increased in every passing season and at a fairly significant pace from one season to the next. For his career, he is now a plus seven. He has 578 shots on goal in his 301 games. He also has 257 hits and 114 block shots. Somebody who, again, has become more assertive on the ice. I think he's more involved when it comes to board battles. You'll see him drive to the net a little bit more than we're used to seeing him, and you'll see him let the shot fly every now and then. I think in the past, he's been a little bit passive there, maybe looking to uh, pass rather than shoot. I mean, for a while, that was an epidemic with the Rangers, but I think uh, that's an area where Buchnevich has improved as well. But yeah, we're right about to uh, wrap up talking about Pavel Buchnevich, and then we're going to dive into at least one other uh, restricted free agent for the New York Rangers, and we're going to be doing all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. One other thing that I wanted to bring up as it pertains to Pavel Buchnevich, and then, like I said, we will move on to our next Ranger Restricted Free Agent. 
But it's the possibility of Pavel Buchnevich perhaps being traded in this offseason. It is something that could happen. It's not something that I want to happen. You guys know that I'm a Pavel Buchnevich fan. But I also have to be a little bit of a realist here. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich is a restricted free agent, and he seems likely to get a raise on his two-year contract that just expired. He, of course, had his entry-level deal uh, for the first three years of his career. Then he had this recent two-year deal, the bridge deal, quote-unquote, to get us to where we are right now, and that's him entering restricted free agency and uh, looking at a raise. The reason that I bring up the idea of Buchnevich being traded is that it seems like the Rangers— they're definitely at least still kicking the tires on Jack Eichel. I don't know if it's something that's going to happen. There was a recent report just a few days ago from our good friend Anthony Scoltori on Forever Blue Shirts, and he does a fantastic job with his website. I highly recommend checking it out. He's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past, but he had a report that said that the Rangers now seem to be uh, you know, cooling considerably. I believe that was the verbiage that he used, cooling considerably on the idea of trading for Jack Eichel. And if that's the case, uh, I'm fine with it. I mean, look, Eichel's very tempting. This is something that we've talked about in the past. It's something that I'm sure we'll talk about going forward. But the bottom line, if you're going to acquire Jack Eichel and you're the Rangers or any other team, you're going to have to give up something fairly significant. And I'm sure the Sabres are going to want at least one or two players that are on an NHL roster right now and showing pretty well for themselves. And Pavel Buchnevich would certainly fit the bill there. Something else to consider is that if you do trade for Jack Eichel, then you are also acquiring his $10 million salary. And so you're starting to, you know, be up against the cap a little bit. You've got several very high-paid players on the team between Eichel and Panarin and Mika Zibanejad if they re-sign him and Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba. That doesn't even take into account some of the other players that the Rangers are going to have to pay down the road. Your Adam Foxes, your Igor Shesterkins, your Capo Cacos, your Alexi Lafreniere's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... One of the ways to sort of counteract that is to trade away Pavel Buchnevich, who's probably looking at, you know, maybe a, a deal that's going to pay him $4 million annually, maybe $4.5 million annually. I mean, it's hard to put a number on it. It's so hard to gauge these things. But just for some context, as far as uh, comparing what Pavel Buchnevich could make from the Rangers next year uh, against what he made from them in his entry-level deal, as well as his most recent two-year deal, we'll start with the entry-level deal. That paid him a total of $2.775 million over three years, so an average annual value of $925,000. And then, of course, this bridge deal that just expired, this two-year bridge deal that he signed with the team two years ago, uh, it paid him $6.5 million over the past two years. So an average annual value there of $3.25 million. You got to believe that number is going to be on the rise. And once again, if you're looking to, you know, maybe move some money away from your team in a deal that would involve you acquiring Jack Eichel, then maybe a trade of Pavel Buchnevich is the way to go. And certainly, I think from the Sabres' perspective, uh, Pavel Buchnevich is a player that they could definitely be interested in. Still relatively young, at just 26 years old. They could work out a new deal with him at a fairly affordable cost and just hope that he continues on the trajectory that he's going at. And listen, once again, I can't emphasize this enough. I am by no means campaigning for the Rangers to trade Pavel Buchnevich. I like him. I think he does a nice job. I think he's finally uh, starting to really kind of come into his own as an NHL player. And again, you know, the Rangers drafted him in the third round. It's not like he was a first-round pick, a top 10, a top 15 overall pick. This is a guy they took in the third round. There are third-rounders that never even make it to the NHL. And Pavel Buchnevich, uh, it's taken some time, but he is 
rounding into a more consistent, better overall player and somebody that could be a very good player with the Rangers for a lot of years going forward. So it's going to be very, very interesting. The Rangers have a lot of uh, avenues that they could look to go down with Pavel Buchnevich in this offseason and going to be very, very interesting to see if they sign him to another short deal. Do they sign him to a long-term extension? Just try to get him uh, completely locked up going forward at a fairly affordable cost. I mean, I think the more years you give, probably the less average annual value you'll have to give out simply because it is a longer contract. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, he could end up being in a package for Jack Eichel. He could end up being on the Rangers for the next 10 years. I mean, only time is going to tell a lot of different ways this could go. Very, very intriguing player to watch in this uh, offseason that's coming up for the Rangers. But for me, yeah, I I would love to see Pavel Buchnevich stick around with the Rangers, but I also realize it's very, very difficult to keep everybody. You know, it it really is. And there's a lot of players coming down the pipe that the Rangers are going to have to pay at some point, and that's assuming that they don't trade Pavel Buchnevich in some kind of a package for Jack Eichel. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, so like I talked about, let's go ahead and do another deep dive on another restricted free agent for the New York Rangers, and it's going to be Brett Howden. And anyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I made my feelings pretty clear on Brett Howden. I just don't think he brings a whole lot to the table. I don't think the Rangers, in fact, I know the Rangers, did not get enough when they traded Ryan McDonough and JT Miller, two proven, two very beloved players. They trade both those guys to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Brett Howden, Libor Hayek, Vladislav Nemestikov, and a couple of draft picks. Now, Howden... Let me get this out of the way first. He does have some positive attributes, and you know, let me go ahead and just run through a couple of those real quick here. Uh, for starters, he is a good penalty killer. We just got done talking about how Pavel Buchnevich added strong penalty killing to his game this season. Howden basically just continued to be a good penalty killer for the New York Rangers. And just to reiterate, the Rangers were once again number four in the league this past season on the penalty kill with a success rate of 87%. You can't take that away from Howden. He played his part on the penalty kill 100%. Give him credit where it's due. Speaking of giving credit where it's due, I think he's also a little bit of a tougher player than he probably gets credit for. I think ever since he's basically just been banished to the fourth line, I think he's altered his game a little bit and begun to play at least a little bit more aggressively. There were some games, uh, particularly against the Islanders, where I thought, you know, the Howden, Rooney, and I don't know, maybe Phil DiGiuseppe was out there. It's hard to remember exactly who was out there for every single game, but whether it was DiGiuseppe or whether Colin Blackwell was on the fourth line that night or whether uh, whoever it might have been, I think that on those nights against the Islanders, those nights where the Rangers struggled so badly and basically just got pushed around, I think the Ranger fourth line actually probably played better than any other line on the team. And I realize that's setting the bar pretty low considering the Islanders seem to shut out the Rangers every single time they played each other. But I thought Brett Howden uh, played pretty well in those games and, you know, played kind of physical. There was also an instance early this year, and this is the game against the Penguins. This was right after the whole Tony D'Angelo debacle. He was basically just kicked off the team. Not going to open that can of worms right now. But 
you know, the Rangers were floundering. They were off to a terrible start to the season. They just had all the drama with Tony D'Angelo. And Brett Howden took it upon himself at the end of the first period because the Rangers, you know, once again, this is the game after the Tony D'Angelo situation. And the Rangers look flat. They look lifeless. And at the end of the first period, Brett Howden got into it with Kasperi Kapanen and actually dropped his gloves and fought him. And I thought gave the Rangers a little bit of a spark, gave them a little bit of life. So again, somebody who I do think is a little bit tougher than he probably gets credit for from a lot of New York Ranger fans. Something else that's kind of working in his favor is the fact that he's still just 23 years old. So it's possible he could improve, you know, next season or somewhere down the line. But it also must be said, he's three seasons into his NHL career. He has played 178 games in those three seasons, all with the New York Rangers. So it's not like he hasn't had some opportunities. And something else that was just, and this isn't Brett Howden's fault, but for one reason or another, uh, David Quinn just refused to make Brett Howden a healthy scratch. Now, granted, as last season progressed, I think it got to the point where he really had no choice. You know, the Rangers, in a couple of different instances, were coming off of some strong performances, and some of the other guys who might be candidates to be healthy scratch had played very well. So there was really no choice. He had to scratch Brett Howden. But man, I mean, I don't, I will never understand. And I like David Quinn, and I thought that he should have gotten one more season with this team. I will never understand his obsession with making sure that Brett Howden was in the lineup every single night. I will never get that, especially when you're scratching guys who can be effective players, like either Colin Blackwell, Phil Giuseppe, whoever it might have been. Even Kevin Rooney was a healthy scratch a couple of times early in the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, Quinn's gone. So, you know, whoever takes over, if Brett Howden's back with the team next season, uh, we'll see. Howden's a guy that could be a healthy scratch much more often than he was under David Quinn. But, you know, something with Brett Howden, and I realize, you know, goals and assists, they're important, but they're not everything. But when you make the trade that the Rangers made, once again, dealing McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning and not getting nearly enough in return for that, and you bring back guys like Vladislav Nemestikov and Brett Howden, you're looking for points, man. You're looking for some offensive fireworks, and Brett Howden has just been basically non-existent. In the 178 career regular season games that he has played for the New York Rangers, he has a grand total of just 16 goals and 33 assists, so 49 points in the 178 games. He is also a minus 29 in those three seasons. He has put 171 shots on goal. He has averaged 13 minutes and 40 seconds of ice time per night, dished out 190 hits, and blocked 149 shots. And for his career, just a 48% success rate on the faceoff circle after taking 1,503 faceoffs. And something that didn't really seem possible, but it actually happened this past season, is that Brett Howden regressed. He regressed from an offensive uh, production standpoint. Now, of course, there were only 56 games this season. He skated in 42 of them, but he only scored one goal and had six assists. So a total of just seven points in 42 games. His one goal was an empty netter. Uh, he did have a career best plus minus at just minus two, but only 33 shots on goal in the 42 games scored on just 3% of the shots that he took. I mean, that's unfathomable. I think you or me could probably go out there and score on 3% of the shots that we take. Uh, a career low 12 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time, uh, 57 hits, 35 block shots, and a career worst 47% success rate on the faceoff circle. So Brett Howden really, in just about every area, regress. Again, you know, he was good on the PK, and I do think he plays a little bit tougher than he gets credit for from a lot of Ranger fans, but uh, didn't exactly light the world on fire. I think that's the nicest way I can say it uh, at this point. But here's an idea. Can we send Brett Howden to the AHL 
And I'm not being snarky. I'm not trying to, like, you know, insult Brad Howden. I'm being 100% serious. Can we send him down to the AHL? You know, he is just 23 years old. Maybe he scores a couple goals down there. He kind of improves his confidence going forward. He's somebody that can be a reliable player. I mean, at least a decent player for the Rangers going forward. This is all assuming that he's back with the Rangers. And I realize that sending Brett Howden down to the AHL would probably entail him having to clear waivers. But I think he probably would. I mean, would teams really be lining up to claim Brett Howden? And even if they do, I mean, are the Rangers, is this rebuild going to collapse? Are we going to just fall apart? Is it going to set us back 10 years if somebody else claims Brett Howden? I mean, let them claim him if they want to claim him. But to me, I don't know. I don't really see the point in just running Brett Howden out there night after night after night and getting little to nothing from him outside of, again, the strong penalty killing. But, you know, we talked about this in our last episode as well. Uh, the expansion draft is coming up, and Larry Brooks did a tremendous job kind of outlining uh, what the Ranger plan likely will be as far as the forwards are concerned. It's a situation where there's guys that automatically have to be protected. There's guys that are exempt from being taken in the expansion draft. And the bottom line, what it really comes down to is that the Rangers are only going to be able to protect one out of these four players, and that's Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell, Julian Gauthier, and Brett Howden. I see absolutely no reason to protect Brett Howden. I mean, Blackwell had a solid season. Blackwell had a better season this past year completely out of nowhere uh, than Brett Howden has ever had. And Julian Gauthier still has some upside. And, you know, Kevin Rooney... He's a hard-nosed player as well. I'd even protect Kevin Rooney before I protected Brett Howden because, you know, Rooney himself is a very good penalty killer, so why not bring him back? And he he produced more offensively than Brett Howden did this past season as well. Rooney ended up with 12 points. So, again, I see no reason to protect Brett Howden, and if the Rangers expose him, I don't think that he's going to be taken anyway, so it might all be a moot point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Brett Howden, the one other nice thing, I suppose, if you know anybody wants to kind of roll the dice on Brett Howden, give him another chance, sign him to a new deal, the one thing that's kind of nice is the fact that he's probably not going to be making a whole lot of money if he's back with the Rangers next season. And I don't mean that, in like, again, in like a snarky way or, you know, I don't want to mess with Brett Howden's money or anything like that. Obviously, this is a business. But the bottom line is his three-year contract with the Rangers just expired uh, this past offseason. And in this three-year deal, he was making a total of just $2.775 million in average annual value of $925,000. So if the Rangers end up striking a new deal with Brett Howden, I mean, he'll get a small raise, but what's he going to be making? Like $1.1 million? So it's not like keeping Brett Howden in the fold is going to bankrupt the Rangers. If you want to hold out hope that Brett Howden can round into the player that the Rangers thought they were trading for, or at least somewhat close to that player, the nice thing is that it's not going to be too expensive to do so. And it's a situation where it won't handcuff the Rangers from doing anything else that they want to do. It certainly would not seem. So I suppose that's something working in Brett Howden's favor. But like we said, I mean, there's only so many different ways you can say that this guy has failed to live up to expectations ever since the Rangers acquired him in that trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I'm going to stop right here, guys. It is, like I said, Wednesday afternoon as I'm recording this. There are some big, big hockey games on the docket tonight, a trio of Game 6s. And obviously, as I'm recording that, they have not happened yet. But I'm going to stop the recording right now, pick up where I left off uh, tomorrow morning, and then set this episode live and share my thoughts on the uh, three Game 6s that are going to be happening tonight. I'm going to do as much as I can to watch as many of these games as possible and uh, just see what happens and enjoy some quality hockey. Okay, so it is now Thursday, and as most of us are probably aware, the 
Islanders did indeed eliminate the Penguins. They beat them 5-3 to three last night to eliminate them in six games. The Lightning take out the Panthers 4-0 to also win that series in six games. And the team that I'm rooting for just refuses to die here, the Minnesota Wild, taking down the Vegas Golden Knights 3-0 to force a Game 7 after being down three games to one in that series. I think Matty Zuccarello probably knows a thing or two about teams coming back from three games to one down. And obviously, they still got their work cut out for them going back to Vegas for Game 7. But uh, that was really a fantastic game. That was the game that I pretty much caught from start to finish. And it's one of those games where, you know, for a casual hockey fan or like if you're trying to get like a friend of yours into hockey, that may not have necessarily been the right game to do it. But for hockey purists and people who love the sport the way that you and I do, I think uh, we can certainly appreciate what a great hockey game that really was. Now, it was low scoring. It was, in fact, scoreless until the third period. But I mean, both teams were so structurally sound defensively and nobody made any mistakes. And it's a very physical game, very intense game. I think we can appreciate that. And it's funny because I've called that kind of the goalie series, right, between the Knights and the Wild, because Fleury and Talbot, especially in the first two games, but really throughout the whole series, have kind of just been dueling each other, and I think that that was also the case last night, but more than anything last night, like I said, it was just about uh, the teams playing really strong defense, and so... Uh, very, very impressive. Really a fun game to watch and can't wait for Game 7. I also caught a good chunk of Penguins Islanders and, of course, you know, I don't know. It, with the Eastern Division, the one nice thing here, we don't really like any of those four teams, or I can at least assume that if you're a Ranger fan. You're not a big fan of the Penguins, Islanders, or the Capitals, or the Bruins, but the one nice thing about this is we know only one of those four teams is going to make it to the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs this season, and now it's either going to be the Islanders or the Bruins. We will see what happens there, and then uh, I didn't really see much of Panthers Lightning. You know, caught some highlights here and there, tuned in when the other games were uh, between periods, but, you know, I, I suppose of the three games, that was the one where you, you weren't really missing anything, but definitely looking Forward to seeing what happens tonight as well. The Maple Leafs looking to finish off the Montreal Canadiens in five games. That game starts at 7 o'clock. And then what's really been kind of a sleeper series and turned into just a fantastic series is Hurricanes-Predators. The last three games have all gone into overtime. The Hurricanes won the most recent game in overtime. And now you've got game six. Canes at Predators, the home team, has won every single game in this series. That starts at 9.30, so definitely looking forward to that one as well, and kind of pulling for the Predators. I mean, everything else being equal, might as well go ahead and root for a game seven. So, uh, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.